Welcome to the first episode of the Backcourt Bruising Sports Podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing the NFL playoffs, talking about our favorite sports rituals, and highlighting one of our favorite local breweries, Ritual Brewing in Redlands, California. So grab your favorite beer and enjoy the BS. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, welcome to the first ever edition of the Backcourt BS podcast. This is actually our second attempt at this podcast. We tried, to get, uh, tried earlier in the week, and uh, we wanted to redo it and make sure that we were putting out a quality product for you guys. So uh, my name is Jason Levy, and I'm here with uh, two of my good friends. Go ahead and introduce yourself, fellas. This is George Estrada from uh, Coach Estrada PE. Uh, my name is Drew Jenkins. All right, guys. So... Uh, I don't think there's anything else we can do except for really kind of uh, laugh and make fun of what happened on Tuesday. Um, we tried to do the the podcast before and it, you know, what was a lot like the worst performance you guys ever had personally for me, I felt like Tuesday might've been it. Uh, I kind of felt like I was back in T-ball and I went over four with four strikeouts uh, at a T-ball game, you know, like, Ball sitting there on the tee, everything set up perfectly for you. You got all the best conditions in the world, and you swing and strike out four times in a tee ball game. That's what it felt like. That's how bad of a performance I put. But uh, what do you guys think? Looking back on your life, what's the worst performance you guys have ever had? You can go yep. first, Drew, because I have an awful one. So I'm gonna finish <laughs> it off with the sorriness of my early career. But you go ahead, Drew. Yeah, Jason, you, my mind is exactly where yours was in, t- in Little League, man, balking home the winning run, run around third base and stepped off the mound incorrectly. And next thing you know, we lost the game. In a Little League game, they gave you a balk? Well, it was like, it was like middle school Little League. It was, you know. Still, it, it was at that level? Real. Yeah, of course. I, I had like I four balks in my career. I thought it wasn't until high school they started giving you balks. Yeah, but I didn't that, play it. I didn't play it. the Canyon so Hills I, Little League, yeah. Man, what a what a bunch of jerks. Come they're on, to, man. You gotta the learn. Kid, the kids are just trying to have some fun and you're over there giving them free runs for no reason. Well, I balked. It was warranted. I guess. I guess. You're you're you know what? If, if Drew is anything, Drew is an honest man. And yeah, I really right. appreciate I really appreciate that about uh about you, Drew, is that you're always honest and you're always trying to keep everybody else honest. So, you know what? If you balked, it doesn't matter if you're three years old or 30 years old in the MLB. If you balk, it's a buck. And balk you, gotta is a have a, you gotta face the consequences. And <laughs> I surely did. <laughs> All right, George, what, what, what's your worst ever performance, whether it's sports <laughs> or just life in general? What's your worst ever performance that, you, that uh, is pretty interesting? All right. So, all I wanted to be. As a little kid, was to be a goalkeeper. That's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be like Jorge Campos for the Mexican national team. I wanted to be that guy that could just get in the game, have the gloves on, have the long sleeve or whatever weird colored, you know, because up in the 90s, they were wearing some weird colored jerseys back in the Just the keeper. You know, everybody else was wearing normal colors. That keeper was like fluorescent and all that. But I was, I was, I was on a team, and, and my dad was taking me to the practices, and I was getting all hyped up. I'm like, yeah, I'm finally going to be a goalkeeper. And – and, and and everything was going good. Everything was going good until the first game. You know, the first game we actually played, I've gotten a couple weeks of practice. I thought I was going to be all right. And uh, 
the the assistant coach who just happened to be some other dad hanging out at the park. He's all like, "Hey, if you don't let anybody score, I'm gonna buy you an ice cream." And I was like, "Oh hell yeah, this is the best incentive that I've ever heard. I'm gonna get an ice cream today. Oh yeah, all I gotta do is be a goalkeeper." You know, I had the worst defense that ever existed. I mean, it made. I mean. It it made oh my goodness it made the the Steelers look good that's how that's how bad the defense was I mean I'm talking about there's at least seven goals that I remember clearly and uh, I think our our team scored one and and the guy just like completely just walked away you know the dad he was all like I don't know man and it, I mean I I think partially it was my fault I mean because you know I maybe should have saved a couple more but if your defense is allowing like 50 shots on target. But here's the thing. Uh, my mom and dad felt so bad for me. They were like, they they were like, this demoralized George, you know, like this is just so awful. They never took me to a practice ever again. And I was the kid that was ready right after school, put on, you know, the shin guards that were like 30 feet long and, you know, put my cleats on. They're all ready to go. And it just never took me to practice ever again. And that was it. That was my career as a, a sub ten year old, sub twelve year old uh, soccer. So it was. So it was their choice. Usually, when when a kid quits because he sucks, it's their choice. It's not their parents that are like so embarrassed by their kid that they're like, "No, you're you're not going to embarrass us again like that." No, the situation from my mom that she said was, um, I think you were dating the coach's daughter and he put you as goalkeeper as a punishment. And I mean, I, 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 I to this, to this day, still don't know if I was dating her, but I probably did, you know, cause I was a young, young buck, you know, and, and <laughs> doing what young bucks do. But, uh, <laughs> but that was the situation. Uh, Jason, do you have any comments well, on that? I'm just glad to say that, I mean, my worst performance, which I felt was on, on Tuesday when we first recorded this first episode, uh, we're back here doing it again. So at least I get a chance to redeem myself. I feel so bad for you. You probably had the shortest career in the history of the world. You get one chance at a game and your parents pull you for life. Yeah, what does that teach a kid growing up? Don't ever try something that you're not good at again. As a, as a PE teacher, I am mortified right now because I teach my kids every single day. You know, you don't have to give me you don't have to be a superstar in my class. I don't expect everybody to be a superstar. Not everybody's super athletic. That's okay. But I expect superstar effort. And knowing George, he gives 100% effort in every single thing he does. So I can't imagine he was just, you know, not given 100% effort. And uh, he was literally pulled for life um, for one bad performance. I just, I feel terrible. Yeah, I mean, I was I was so hyped up, yeah, and every day I was ready for practice for the next week or two, and 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 they just never took me back. I mean, but, but I mean, that that's just the situation sometimes, you know. Who knows why, what? But I appreciate now that I'm in a position to teach students, like, hey, you know what? I don't care if you're awful. At least if you're like a quarter of the way, I can work with that. But if you give me zero effort, I mean that is oof. I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta carry you on my back on top of you, on top of that. Oh my goodness! But it, you know, sometimes you got to do that because your kids. George, George, what's your what's your famous saying that you always say to the kids? Uh, you keep you keep showing up. I keep working with absolutely. you. Absolutely, you keep showing up. I'll keep working with you, buddy. So I'm I'm glad that 
you know, you know me. I'm gonna keep showing up. I'm glad that you guys are still working with me. So, um, moving on, moving on from that, let's let's actually get into it. Let's actually talk some beer and sports like we want to on this podcast. Something that's a little more lighthearted and uh, not as depressing because I think we we heard some pretty depressing <laughs> stories. I don't know if it gets more depressing than that, George. I'm sorry. Um, but awesome uh, last weekend in the NFL. Um, I'm gonna give you a hot take just to start right off the bat. I think one of the most hated men in all of sports deserves some actual credit. And you're probably wondering who that guy is. Um, No, it's Roger Goodell. Oh yeah. Every time that man steps on the anywhere, anytime he leaves his house, he gets booed. But the NFL went through an entire 16 game season, 17 weeks and did not lose a single game for COVID in probably the most difficult season we've ever seen. Made it all 16 games, 17-week season, not a single game canceled. And on top of that, gave us an extra team in each division, or I mean, sorry, each conference, making it into the playoffs. So instead of four games for the first weekend of the playoffs, we got six, which is my dream. Sitting on the couch for two triple headers back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, drinking beer all day, both days. I don't think uh, I could ask for a better weekend. What did you guys think of the games? Yeah, for the most part, we got a we got a lot of underdogs winning, and that was our a lot of road teams winning. That was cool. A uh, couple of snoozers, but a lot of good ones as well. Do you think the not having fans or not having full stadiums helps the road team? Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Yeah, with the the noise on offense and everything, and I mean, there's only a certain level that the that the stadiums can raise their volumes up so you know they can't really like have much of an advantage at all uh i feel that uh sorry i don't feel i know that certain teams got screwed over with the we're not gonna postpone the game we're gonna play this game regardless of you missing your star quarterback regardless of certain players being out so sealers got hurt patriots got hurt you know you need to have continuity and you also need to have your best players on the field. Even though Cam Newton had a terrible year numbers-wise, you still need that guy if you want him to be getting better every week. That didn't seem to matter for the Browns this week. They didn't have their head coach, and they still put a hurting on the Steelers. How about that game? I mean, you start the game with the Steelers getting the opening possession, and they fumble on the first play of the game, and the Browns are covered in the end zone. And it seemed like it was just a landslide from there for the Steelers. Um, And now they want to talk all this crap about how the Browns were disrespectful and all this. And I think the Steelers are probably one of the most disrespectful teams in the entire league. So for them to call out the Browns for anything is kind of hypocritical. And I know Drew, it uh, Drew doesn't like hypocrites. Let me tell you that Uh, from past from past experience. (laughs) So do you, do you think the Steelers are being a little hypocritical calling out the Browns for, being disrespectful after that win man they they're like the most entitled team in the league they think just because they start out with like a 11 and 0 record that they can just like poo poo on every other team in the league especially like a team that they totally underrated in the browns like you heard you heard juju's comments before saying the browns are the browns they're they're just gonna fall back to normalcy how they've always been in their history but and then after you hear chase claypool talking trash and man these guys are like little kids like like they I, I can't stand that. So there's a there's a little bit of a a rumor, I don't know, just kind of a debate going on about 
how Mike Tomlin has just lost the locker room. And it's not just this year. I mean, you can look back at the Antonio Brown saga. You could look back on uh, Ben Roethlisberger in his early days when he was kind of a malcontent. He had a lot of uh, legal issues. Uh, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, anyone, one of the Le'Veon best Bell players issue. in the league. And just... I, I think you can't question Mike Tomlin's coaching as far as football X's knows. I mean, obviously, the guy's a proven winner. He has a winning record almost every single year. But does he have an issue controlling that locker room? I couldn't tell you. Didn't he trip a guy once when he was like on a kickoff return? Tripped a guy and fell on his face. <laughs> he, he lost all credibility in my eyes ever since then. No, I think he definitely is a man that that wants the players to have some flexibility and some ownership and have some flavor and swagger. But the players have to be grown men. You can't go into the NFL and act like a prima donna. You know what happens? You're probably going to get hurt. Unfortunately, that's what happens. You know, they're going to come and target you, and there's a big target on your back. That's what's going to happen. What do you think? What do you think about this recent rumor that Juju wants to go to a bigger market to expand his brand? Does he really even care about football, or does he care more about TikTok? Because during the season, I think he kind of put his team um, behind him a little bit when he's doing all those dances on the logos at midfield and disrespecting all the other teams in the league while he's doing that. And they weren't winning when he was doing that. So um, they finally got a hold of it and said, hey, you need to stop this because it's looking bad. Uh, it, you know, it puts a black eye on us. Um, but there was a rumor that came out that he wants to go to a big market and uh, just to grow his brand. So is football really that important to Juju or does he care more about his social status? Well, I think he's made it pretty clear what he thinks is more important. But at the same time, it's like, what big market team are you going to go to that's going to allow that as much as the Steelers are? Like maybe the Jets or something? Does he want to play for the Jets? I mean, that that's the only team that comes to my mind. Maybe the Giants. I don't think that they'll put up with that over there. So, I mean, I... I think that he's found a way to do both be on a winning team and grow his brand. And he, I mean, look at how many Twitter followers he has playing in Pittsburgh. Like, is that not a big market? Is that not qualify as him like establishing his brand? Being a Rams fan, would you want him in LA? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I don't know, man, because they Rams already have some good receiving weapons. I mean, they don't have anyone like Juju with his size and speed combination. I don't know. Maybe he's lost a step with some injuries over the couple of years. But, you know, I, I don't think the Rams necessarily need him. They, But, I mean, as a USC fan, Rams fan, of course I'd love to have him. But, I mean, I, but I don't so, like what I'm seeing with him being on the Steelers and doing all this junk. Like, it would piss me off if he was on the Rams. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. So bringing up the Rams, uh, the Rams had an awesome victory up in Seattle. Um, I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago when the Seahawks beat the Rams and uh, Jamal Adams was smoking a cigar and celebrating their win. And Jared Goff took notice of that. And, um, you know, you can say what you want about Jared Goff's play lately, but I think, the Seahawks definitely, I mean, they had the home field advantage, which they, you don't have the same type of uh, home field advantage without the fans there. Um, but the Rams went in there and, and to me was one of the most impressive victories of the week, considering that you're starting a backup quarterback who gets hurt on the first drive and you're bringing in a guy, Jared Goff, who was just coming off surgery 
and say what you want about his play before the surgery anyways, um, they still came out with the victory 30 to 20. So one of the uh, more surprising games of the week, I think, what'd you guys, you know, I think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, George. I have, I have strong opinions on this. Uh, the 12th man. I mean, that is the key point right there. The 12th man, which I think, uh, when the Seahawks play at home, there is such a huge advantage. I mean, the 49ers have struggled big time there. The Rams have. The Cardinals almost always lose recently. Um, but you got to admit that the Rams defense did all the heavy lifting. Uh, big big boy Wolf in the first quarter looking good, and then uh, he got hurt. And, and then uh, Jared Goff just doing enough. But that defense led him to that victory. I guarantee you – if there, if that, if that twelfth man was there, that Seahawks game would have been a little bit tighter. Uh, I'm so happy that the Seahawks lost. I mean, I, I just cannot stand the way that they play. I mean, there's no defenses here, and I think uh, you can go ahead and c- carry on, Drew. But I'm so happy the Seahawks lost. That's all I care about. <laughs> I mean, I- name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a, an interesting question, Drew. Name a worst QB one currently than Jared Goff. Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold. You think both of those guys are worse than Jared Goff currently? Like the way they played the last like yesterday, today, uh, and tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I I personally think the last five weeks of the season, Jared Goff was the worst starting quarterback in the league. That might be a hot take. A lot of people probably aren't agree. But as a Rams fan, watching every single one of those games, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in the trajectory of a career of somebody who led us to the Super Bowl two years ago and now can't even hit an open receiver running across the middle. Um, It's a dramatic fall off. And if the Rams want to do anything in the playoffs, they have the best defense in that's remaining in the playoffs. Um, but if they're going to do anything, they're going to need Jared Goff to step up. Do you think he's Well, I just, I just don't know how you can expect so much out of a guy who dislocated his thumb and had it surgically repaired like within 10 days of playing in a playoff game. So, I mean, we, we knew Jared Goff's whole career. He's been hot and cold all over the place. And, you know, when, when things are going perfectly right, he is on. And when, when it's not, I mean, he's off. It's as simple as that. We, we know what to expect out of Jared Goff. Do I wish we had a different, better quarterback? Uh, yeah, for sure. But we don't. And as of right now, Wolford's out for uh, Saturday, and he's our only hope unless Blake Bortles wants to uh, do a little something about that, which he won't. But anyway, I mean, I just – I'm okay with it. You know, it, him mixed with McVay, you know, like I said, if they're on, they're on, and you just got to pray that they're on. Going back to the Seattle game, I don't think we should have been as surprised as we were. If you look at it, we knew the Rams had the number one defense in the league going into this game. We knew the Seahawks offense has been on the decline. It it really was a recipe for success for the Rams going into it, and we didn't see that coming, but we should have. And I think this week against the, the Packers, we should see something good coming too for the Rams because we know that the Rams have had an outstanding run game going forward, and their defense is going to be able to stop the the Packers' most lethal attack, which is in the air. And you have Jalen Ramsey going against uh, Devontae Adams, which should be an amazing matchup. I, don't... I cannot wait to see that matchup this weekend because everybody that Jalen Ramsey's gone against, he's shut down. And pretty much anyone that Devontae Adams has gone against, he's absolutely obliterated. So... 
Um, I think that's probably the best. I don't. Th- I don't think. Weekend. I don't think the Rams are going to be as good as you're thinking. Sorry, 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 sorry. You got to pump the brakes on you. I think the Packers have this all the way. Not even close. I think. Uh, and you got to know that Aaron Rodgers has a huge advantage. I, I would love to see the Rams continue, but they're probably not going to make it past this round due to weather, due to home field advantage, due to Aaron Rodgers being the MVP. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. It, it, it could go to somebody else. I love me some Henry, Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards, big deal. But you know the real MVP is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to produce some numbers this weekend. I'm pumped up. George, uh, George, I'm telling okay, you, so these two, teams match up a lot better than you're thinking. Uh, yeah. It is the number one defense against the number one offense. Um, so it should be interesting. But we know historically the Rams don't play well in cold weather. Jared Goff doesn't play well in cold weather. And Aaron Rodgers is the king of playing in any weather. So we'll see what happens there. But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on a couple other quarterback uh, performances that we saw this weekend. Um, probably the newest uh Candidate for the MVP and a guy that's already in the MVP conversation. What do you guys think about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson's performances from Super or for the Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, it's what you expect out of some, you know, MVP candidates in the first round of the playoffs. That's that's what you need to see. And I mean, they both they both delivered. It was fun to watch. I think Jared Allen, uh, he's the man, dude. He he led his team in both passing and rushing yards. I mean, when's the last guy to do that? Maybe Michael Vick. I mean, he is a stud, and I, I think it's just fantastic. And Lamar Jackson did that also, but Lamar Jackson did have a pick. He had that big run. He broke that open, but that game was a lot tighter than, 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 than it could have been for the Ravens, who were so hot last season, this season. They were really, really hot, and uh, I just I, – I know they're missing Ingram so much. I mean, Mark Ingram is a unit. Uh, so I think the Ravens uh, are not going to make it past the next round. I, I'm sorry to say that, Ravens fans or anybody that likes Lamar. Um, I could just I could just see this this going really crazy for the next couple weeks. All right, fair enough. And then uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about Wild Card Weekend, then we'll move on, is uh, that nostalgia game, I think, for anyone in my generation. Uh, I, I was born in 1990, so I grew up with Nickelodeon. And we had our first ever NFL game on Nickelodeon. Um, kind of interesting. Not something that I would say I want to watch every single game. Um, but I think uh, for the nostalgia factor, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I got to see some slime cannons, which I haven't seen in probably 10, 15 years. Um, I got to see SpongeBob in, in between the goalposts. Uh, every single field goal. I was a, a kicker in high school and also in college. So I would have loved to see SpongeBob's face. Every time I was kicking a field goal, I probably would have made more field goals in my career uh, had that been the case. Um, but what did you guys feel about the nostalgia factor? Was it nostalgic for you, or did you feel like it was kind of a waste of everybody's time and you'd rather watch a game on CBS with Tony Romo uh, making the calls? What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it was a waste of everyone's time necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there were some kids that watch it, and hopefully they enjoyed it. Um, but, I mean, for for guys that, you know, that know football and I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here or anything, but I'd way rather listen to Tony Romo than Nate Burleson, um, giving some color commentary there. And then, I mean, listen, it was great that the kids got involved in, in the announcing and everything, but it, for me, it was hard to watch. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to say one thing that, you know, you might not agree with, 
you might agree with. I, I, I can't stand Tony Romo in the booth. I mean, I, I love him as a player, but uh, he just – just over over – over brainiac sometimes you know keep it simple i think the best thing an announcer can do is let the players do it on the field and let them do it without voiceovers and he's always voiceovering as it's going on no give it some time let the players do what they're supposed to do so back to the nickelodeon thing i think the the key to why the nickelodeon thing was hilarious was the nvp uh Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he got trolled by all the who that nation. I think it was fantastic. I think that was great for younger audiences to be able to understand the game. Um, one of the funniest things I just read online, Navea Green, the lady that was announcing on there, that little 15-year-old lady, she got an 800-page pregame uh, document that was meant for Tony Romo. I mean, he gets the cheat sheet. And 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 then and this young lady, you know, I think her her best line that I saw was "Go Jimmy, go Jimmy!" When Jimmy Graham <laughs> scored that one-handed touchdown at the very end of the game, I mean, which was completely a heartbreaker for a lot of people that were actually betting on the game and actually cared about it for the end result and not just for uh, entertainment. And they brought entertainment into the NFL when sometimes it can be result-driven uh, viewing only. Um, Jason, you have any final thoughts on that? I really appreciated it because, one, as, a, as an elementary PE teacher, one of the hardest sports to explain to anybody is football. Um, I try and try, but the, the, the rules are so complicated. And I think Nickelodeon did a great job simplifying a lot of the rules. So in between, in case you didn't get a chance to watch – um, in between each play or in between um, when there was a timeout or a challenge or a penalty on the field, they would come in and they would explain what was going on in a way that uh, kids or anybody who doesn't watch football could understand. And I think that's really important for growing the game. Um, there was a lot of talk earlier with you know all the CTE stuff and everything that football wasn't going to be um, something that was going to last and the longevity was kind of being in question because um you know parents are a little more reluctant to let their kids play football because of all the brain issues but you have to find ways to get the younger generation like in football understanding the game the more you understand something the the better it is to watch so i think giving the, the kids an opportunity to to learn as they watch was was just excellent so i appreciate that and that brought me back to my days i mean the, everybody knows the best Nickelodeon show that no. there ever was was Rocket Power. I, no, mean, I don't think that's no, up for no. debate. Absolutely had to be Doug. Drew, you have any idea of what you think is the best show? Oh well, to break the tie, I'd probably go with Doug as well. That that that's the one that screams nostalgia to me. <laughs> how can you not? <laughs> how can you not cool. like Rocket? You've got to break your heart. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I mean, playing hockey, surfing. I mean, they, those kids. Yeah, exactly. My I, was, dream life. I was too eating, jealous to be the, happy for them or enjoy eating, them. Eating burgers and shakes and fries at the the shore shack. Yeah, a, I mean, come on, guys. That's that's Doug easy. Was, they, they Doug was way life. more realistic. So, you know, course, I could I could relate with Doug. I'm not out there surfing and eating <laughs> with my hippie uncle and dad or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> D- Doug was cool. He had a cool room, and I I enjoyed watching him. 
way more realistic. Oh, man, was hilarious. Man, was I mean, it had a sense don't of even know uh, what you're talking about. innocence to it. I think that's part of life. You know, you got to have a little innocence here and there. Oh, man. Just just hilarious. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're a, we're a bruise and sports podcast. So that's why the name, the name of our podcast is the Backcourt BS. So uh, we like to BS a little bit, but we also like to talk about uh, beers and sports. So we talked a little bit about oh, hold sports. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to crack talking. open my beer. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been waiting for a little bit. So so I'm over here in uh, Temecula, California, drinking the, the Modern Times Fruitlands. So it's a sour tropical fruit gosa uh, with, with uh, passion fruit and guava. Super delicious. Not as tart as I wish it was, um, but so, certainly delicious from Modern Times Brewery down in San Diego. Uh, highly recommend checking that out um what about you uh george I'm what are you drinking, drinking up there really good, in Wyoming? uh classic it's a the black tooth brewery out in sheridan wyoming and it's their beer cowboy joe a coffee porter has a little bit of a nice mouthfeel not too heavy not too light and it's just very enjoyable it goes right down and it has a smooth palate and you smell it you get hints of like coffee beans and a little bit of chocolate, but not too much, and it's just really nice and smooth to drink. Uh, Drew, what are you, what are you drinking tonight? All right, I want you guys to guess. Okay, I'm gonna d- give you a little description here. All right, it's a, a refreshing ale. It, it was originally created in California by Firestone Walker. I already know, but I'm That's gonna, I'm gonna let you keep describing it. <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, okay. 805, my 805. favorite beer. Oh, easy. And that's just me. That, I, I only got that so easy because I know you and I know what you like to drink. Um, but definitely a, a staple in California. You can go to almost any bar in California. Um, and if they have beers on tap, they're probably going to have 805. Um, I've been to the brewery there. up in Paso Robles, California. Beautiful brewery. Great food. If you ever can can stop by, go check them out. Uh, one of my favorite breweries in California, definitely Firestone Walker. But uh, Drew, you're making me sound yeah, it's, it's also I like five as well. Oh, go ahead, Drew. It's also a staple in my fridge. But go ahead, George. Oh, I, I've been to the brewery before, and there's two sections actually to the brewery. There's the restaurant section, and then there's a there's a there's a clothing and apparel and different things to take home uh, slash beer. There, it's a fantastic area. If you ever go down to Paso Robles slash San Luis Obispo areas, it's a mandatory visit. Go down to that brewery and enjoy yourself. Oh, such a good time. I agree. So um, moving on to the, these games coming up this weekend, um, we definitely have some good matchups, some good quarterback matchups uh, as it is. So how do you guys feel about the uh, – I'm going to call it the Senior Bowl. Uh, not because they're seniors as far as college, but the, the oldest quarterbacks left in the NFL. How do you guys feel about the Saints and Bucks? Drew, games? Go ahead, yeah, I'm feeling pretty excited, man. I think that might be one of the better games this week right there with the Bills and the Ravens. But um, I put, I'm putting my money on old man Brady because, you know, the regular season is one thing, but when the playoffs come – that's Brady's. That's where Brady shines. So give me, give me all the Brady. I'm gonna go 100%. Saints, who that nation? Let's go. Love me some Drew Brees. 
Uh, what he's been able to do has been fantastic this year. Go ahead, Jason. For me, in any matchup in football, quarterback is such a huge position. And you can't go on legacy or um, you know anything that we saw in the past. you got to go with the present. And I think currently Tom Brady, even though he's two years older, is the better quarterback at this moment in time. So I'm going to go with my gut instinct. I'm going to go with the better quarterback currently. Also, probably uh, it's not really an easy argument. Um, I mean, I mean, it is an easy argument saying that Tom Brady is the, the best to ever do it. Uh, he gets to the Super Bowl pretty much every year. I mean, I think how many times has he been to the Super Bowl? Seven times in his 20-year career. That's unbelievable. He gets to the Super Bowl more times than Mike Trout hits a baseball <laughs> in, an, in the regular season. So I'm going to go with the GOAT. I'm going to go Tom Brady in this one. Um, I think he has too many weapons on the outside. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. Doesn't matter who their running back is. It could be Fournette or Ronald Jones. Um, but I think they just have too much, and they're going to overwhelm the Saints. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to have to say, man, regular season has to mean something. The Saints beat them twice. Own them. It's got to mean something. Let's go on to the next game. means nothing. Oh, oh. Okay, we'll find out. I think the next game. <laughs> Man, we're, we're, we're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> we're talking about the playoffs. It's a different story in the playoffs. Brady's undefeated. He lost against the Giants. Not really, but uh, in my mind, he's, he's, un- he's almost undefeated in the playoffs. So I'm going to go Brady. Um, do you think Chase Claypool says they're going to get clapped? Do you think the Browns get clapped well, yeah, over there in Kansas City? Well, yeah, of course they will. But that's not up for Chase Claypool to say. He's he's got nothing to say. So yes, they will game. get clapped. Yes, they will get clapped quite quite vigorously. Do you? So you think the 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 line right now they have Chiefs minus ten? Do you think the Chiefs win by more than ten points? I don't know. Or do you the, think the, the Browns Chiefs can keep it close? Tend to play down to their opponents, but this is the playoffs again, like we've been talking about. So. I mean, they might just put their their foot on their throats early and just take care of business, but ah, it could be close. The Chiefs, it's not even about that. It's about the Chiefs winning or not, and they're going to win. I could see the the Browns keeping it under 10 points, but I'm selecting the Chiefs to win overall. But the Browns will cover, so put your money on the Browns. Expect the Chiefs to to not play at their peak because they haven't been at their peak this year. For some reason, Andy Reid hasn't cracked the code yet. What do you think, Jason? Well, Andy Reid is pretty much undefeated out of a bye, and they've almost had a three-week bye. They didn't play any of their uh, starters the last two weeks, or actually they had a week off. Um, But the last two weeks of the season, they didn't really play. They didn't really have a reason to. And then last week, they had a bye week. Uh, Andy Reid's undefeated out of the bye. They got Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league currently. Uh, I think the Chiefs win and win easily. Um, The Browns, they've impressed me, but... I think the Chiefs just have too much. Fantastic. I, I Let's go ahead and go to the next teams. game. Ravens and Bills. I think this is one of the I think this is the most exciting matchup of the week. I, I I don't I don't know about you. I mean, I love me some Packers. I love me the Chiefs and all that, but this is the game to watch. My boy Josh Allen, who I drafted uh probably round four of the of our fantasy football league. 
I love me some Josh Allen. I mean, this guy is going to be the man. He's going to be the stronger, more physical version of Russell Wilson a couple years ago in the playoffs. I could see this being a great game for the Bills. And the Ravens are going to keep it close, but 100% Bills winning this game. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I got to go with the Bills as well. I, I love what Lamar Jackson did last week, but I don't think it's going to be enough for uh, to keep up with that Bills offense. Jason? I disagree. I think um, – and we should be keeping a running tally of who you guys are picking because um, next week I want to come back to it see who was the most accurate. But um, I'm going Ravens in this one. The Ravens defense feels like they finally found out um, what they're doing back there. seemed like they were kind of lost midseason, but they had a lot of COVID issues that could have uh, played into it a little bit. Um, Lamar Jackson found his stride finally. They looked – way more impressive than the Bills did. I actually think the Bills should have lost last week. If the Colts had made some better coaching decisions, um, not going for it on fourth and four, um, a fourth and goal, throwing it to the corner of the end zone, Michael Pittman not making the catch. Um, they were chasing those three points the entire game, but I think the Colts should have beat them. Um, so I think this week, Cinderella, uh, the, the clock strike, strikes midnight on the Bills. I think the Ravens move on to play the Chiefs. No, 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 no. Um, for no. A you forgot about the most important stat. The Bills lead the NFL in fun. Like Adam Shine says on SiriusXM Mad Dog, the Bills lead the NFL in fun. And I think there's going to be that fun fun factor again. They're, they're locked and loaded, bunch of weapons. Love me some Stefan Diggs. And, oh, I can't wait to see what happens. Um Big matchup in Lambeau Field. Uh, what are we thinking on the Packers-Rams? Jason, you go first this time. This one's the most challenging for me to pick personally because I'm a Rams fan. Um, and they have the number one defense. And in the playoffs, I always prefer defense over offense. But like I said earlier, I choose quarterback matchups more than anything. And if you got Aaron Rodgers – who played at an unbelievable level this year, probably MVP level against Jared Goff. That's like saying you're playing like an NFL quarterback versus a high school quarterback, in my opinion, at this point. So uh, I think the Packers win. Uh, Lions at six and a half. I think it's close. I think um, the, the Rams defense will keep it close, but I think the Packers pull off, pull off the game with a last minute field goal. Aaron Rodgers, is going to drive down the field like he always does in crunch time, and they'll kick the other field goal. Rams are going to shock the world, 23-17, put it in the books. Um, Aaron Rodgers is is way too confident. He's underestimating this cold, whereas Jared Goff has – he's been waiting for this moment since the last time he's played in this kind of weather. He knows what he messed up on, and now he's going to correct it. 23-17 Rams, easy. Way, Jose. Like I said earlier, Aaron Rodgers is the man. You listen to his interesting interviews with Pat McAfee. You get to hear the real Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's his best hot take of the year. A bad year for Aaron Rodgers is a career year for most quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I think the Packers are going to dominate. I think that they're not going to be able to uh, the Rams are not going to be able to pass the ball. And there's all kinds of things going on. I, I could just see Aaron Rodgers being able to get out of the trouble when the defense comes rushing, and he is going to be that master chess player that we we're gonna we're gonna shock the world the world ram up. All right, guys. So um, I think it's gonna be an excellent week of the NFL. I can't wait to watch uh, all four games. I, I'm gonna be sitting here with my beer, 
um, enjoying that all those uh, games coming up this weekend. But um, I don't know if you remember uh, a couple months ago, right? Um, kind of after the pandemic started and things started to open back up, we had a chance to go check out Ritual Brewing in Redlands, California. Um, one thing that we wanted to do on this podcast was to kind of um, highlight local breweries. Uh, we had a chance to visit them. We had a chance to try some of their beers. George had a chance to kind of uh, talk to their owner and everything. Um, so we just wanted to to talk about them a little bit. So they have some flagship oh, beers, the extra one red ale. What do you guys you think can about buy, that one? Uh, in Southern California? Uh, just just a flagship perfect red. What do you think, uh, Mister Drew? It was a solid brew, my friend. I enjoyed it quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot. So- <laughs> All right. So the the ones that it, you know, if you're going to go there, um, you know, just any time of the year, they're going to have all these beers. Uh, there's the flagship beers, so it's stuff that they brew year round. So they had the extra red, the Hopomatic Magic IPA, the Monk's Lunch, which is a Belgian style ale. They had a West Coast Pale Ale, and then my personal favorite of their flagship beers, the Honey Buzz, which is a blonde ale brewed with local honey. Um, they also have a bunch of other seasonal beers on tap. They usually have about 24 beers total that you can try. We, uh, Drew and I, when we were there, we tried. Oh, a, the a habitual hazy haze. Yes, you it think was about delightful. 6.5 on the ABV scale. And uh, it was very good. Easy drink. <laughs> I think we were, we were real toasty. I think we had we a couple of, of that place. It was fantastic. I think our wife drove us there, right? <laughs> it, was, it was one of the best nights ever. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, we definitely we did certainly not walk to the next day. brewery. I remember that. Um, George, you had a chance to talk talk it up with their owner a little bit. You want to uh, talk about that experience and kind of um, highlight how great of an owner they have and just what the overall vibe of the brewery oh, is. Oh, yeah. Just I was so talking to Owen Williams. To check He's it one out, of the greatest, uh, nicest dudes ever I've ever talked to. And he just so passionate about if we were going to release – a hazy IPA, it had to be done the right way. So they really delayed their hazy IPA process. And we're going to save it because in a couple of weeks, our goal is to have this guy come back for an interview, which he said he was so pumped up to do. And the, the, the greatness about Ritual is that they also have these really good barrel-aged styles just developing greatness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's a fantastic, high-quality operation. A mad respect to the gentlemen running it and ladies that work it. Um, and and the thing about that place, it has a really good welcoming environment also. You know, sometimes you go into a brewery and it's like a big square with a couple of chairs and some old checkers boards. This place seems like they want everybody in there getting buzzy, having a good time, chatting it up. They got the cornhole. They got the games. And that's what they've always wanted to have. Oh, they have a stage. They got like a like a, a retired ski lift seat hanging in the wall. Just a fantastic venue. They're so happy to keep their doors open. Um, if you haven't gone yet, go soon and support local brewers big time, 100%. And I, I know, I don't know if they're doing it now because of COVID and everything, but pre-COVID, they used to have a disc golf tournament at the brewery, which I think is one of the most unique things I've ever seen at a brewery. So if you're into disc golf and you're in Southern California, check out um, their disc golf tournament because I oh, think that would be awesome fantastic. to go drink So some let's beer rotate on over golf. to something that we were thinking of when we were at Ritual. Like, what is your favorite sports ritual 
You know, like there's so many to choose from. Let's go ahead with Jason. I think Jason's been ready, ready, ready for this his whole life. I mean, this guy's a sports fanatic. Go, Jay. So this was actually really hard for me to narrow it down to just three. I could have thrown out probably 20 of my favorite sports rituals. But if I had to say just my top three sports rituals, number one, definitely Super Bowl Sunday. I don't think there's anything better than getting together with family and friends, um, watching the Super Bowl, cooking up some ribs, um, eating those, those chips and dip and all those, uh, all those other appetizers that you get wings, um, Super Bowl Sunday, drinking the beer, watching the game. It's four hours of uninterrupted, uh, entertainment. And I don't think there's anything that quite compares. So my number one sports ritual is our Super Bowl Sunday and just everything that goes along with that, whether you like the game, whether you like the commercials or whether you just like to hang out with family um doing squares i think that's awesome um everyone puts the little side bets on the game so super bowl sunday would be my number one ritual um number two on my list i have the playoff hockey beard if you're not familiar with hockey or what the hockey beard is um when any nhl team makes the playoffs they stop shaving for an entire month um and they grow out this beard until they either win the stanley cup or they lose so uh, i think that's it's just awesome to watch as you go from round to round in the playoffs and they all shave right before the playoffs. Cause they already know um, that they can't shave during the playoffs. So you should see some of the beers that we get at the end of the, at the end of the playoff. Uh, once we reach the Stanley cup, it's awesome. Um, and then my third one, which uh, anyone who likes college football, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. It's college football entrances. So I have a couple and you're like, what are you talking about? One of the best ones Clemson, Howard's Rock, all the, all the guys, they kind of rub this rock that's at the top of this giant hill. And then as they enter the stadium before the game, they, t- they touch the rock for good luck, and then they just sprint down this, this hill. And I, it's kind of like running from the bulls in Spain. I don't know how some of them don't fall and get trampled, uh, but it's pretty impressive. I love the nostalgia of it. I love the passion of college football. During COVID, it's a little bit different, um, but I'm talking about normal – Normal times, 100,000 people packed stadium. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Florida State, Chief Osceola and Renegade, as they lead the football team on the field, they spike the flaming torch at midfield. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Ralphie, the Colorado Buffalo, that gets to run out with like 10 Cowboys and lead the Colorado uh, football team out on the field. Um, I don't know how they haven't lost a couple Cowboys during that. Uh, go check it out if you've never seen it. Just just type in Ralphie Colorado, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's awesome. Um, Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, they have the big uh, covered wagon with the horses, and, and it leads the football team out. And I actually had a mishap uh, a couple seasons <laughs> ago where the covered wagon flipped over as they were leading the team on the field. I don't know if you remember that. If you haven't seen that, go check it out as well. Um, pretty funny, but it, it's awesome. The nostalgia the amount of energy that, that flows through that stadium, just amazing. And then one of, you know, watching sports is my life. I love it. Uh, I, I would call myself a sports fanatic. doesn't matter what sport. Um, I'm sitting there in front of the TV watching it. But a couple times in my life, I can remember getting chills from watching a game. And a couple years back, I watched Virginia Tech and Boise State. It was uh, the first game of the season. It was on Labor Day weekend. And they played at a neutral site at FedEx Field in Washington, D.C. And it was mostly Virginia Tech fans. And they came out to enter Sandman, the Metallica song. 
and the stadium was just rocking. And to me, I, I mean, just got chills watching it. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. College football entrances to me. Uh, well, hold on. I can't just rotate on over you, without talking about Super Bowl three? food. I mean, Super Bowl food. Aaron Rodgers has a playoff beard. I mean, I've been to see a Clemson game, and they just trampled on the ACC. Uh, all of those were fantastic points. Uh, but my top three rituals, um, growing up as a high school athlete, you know, the day before – cross-country meets you get that big old meal and uh, I grew up in San Bernardino California so it's not like a fluent area by any by any stretch of the word but the amount of commodity and 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 happiness that we had as a team one parent would host it and they would make all kinds of spaghetti I mean you'd have two three plates the night before you had that big race and uh and the other thing that, that that I saw my buddy doing, he'd always be eating a bunch of cake, and I'd be like, "Why are you eating all that chocolate cake, dude?" So I'm like, "Oh, I'm carbo loading." I'm like, "Carbo loading." And that's before I knew all of these macronutrients and all these things, and I'm like, "All right, cool, man." But I just can't forget how much fun that was. You know, I have my 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 number two guy Hector. I mean, we'd always be we'd always be competing. You know. Even when we ran and when we ate, I mean that guy was a, that guy was a stud, and now he's even huger to me. I mean that guy's a genuine. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just got distracted. Uh, number two thing of my rituals uh, is when they bring those young soccer athletes. I mean, them, them little cute little dotes. So you know them, them wee dotes, and 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 they get the girls and boys walking out with the superstar. David Beckham, Zlatani Ibrahimovic, Cristiano Ronaldo, and they they get to see these little kids get to see the best talent in the world, or even if they just see the Galaxy players or the Chicago, you know, players, it doesn't matter. But you, these kids get to feel that atmosphere of what it is to be the best, and then they get driven and they want to be there as a coach or as a player, and they love soccer or football how they call it in a uh, you know across the pond they love it even more i think that is one of the best rituals in sports and the last and most hilarious for most people or hated by some is when they would score a goal in and you're watching it in spanish and it'd be the mexican international team or my team americas and and there'd be a goal and it'd be go 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 And uh, I think that was one of the best memories as a kid. You know, you, your team scores and the amount of, uh, I would say, enthusiasm gets gets thrown around the room. I think it's just fantastic. Uh, uh, Drew, I think it's your turn. Yeah, that, that's uh, loved by some and hated by many. But no, it's, it's a great tradition, George. I, I'm all for it. Um, my first tradition, I'm going to go off with the national anthem you know because i'm an american and when you're a little kid you don't know why the hell you're, you have to stand up and take off your hat but you grow up to appreciate it you look to your left you look to your right and everyone's doing the same thing for one common goal and that's to just appreciate our country and our nation um so i felt like i had to throw that in there uh, my second favorite is going to be low quality food at ball games it's the only time that you, you're going to pay 15 dollars for something that you expect to be terrible 
And just the fact that you're watching a game makes it all better. And sometimes you even get some good food that you don't expect, and it makes it all even more better. So I'm all for low-quality food at ball games. Nothing better than some, you know, soggy hot dog buns and some stale nachos to make a baseball game right. The best one that I have, though, my best tradition is buzzer beaters. There's nothing better. Even on TV, you can you don't even have to be at the ball game to feel the excitement there. When when there's a buzzer beater at a Laker game and the crowd goes nuts and the team celebrates on the court, it, there's nothing better to it. I mean, it it's I've seen Kobe do it way too many times and it, it still doesn't get old. I love it. Definitely, the two that stick out. Well, there's three that stick out for me as being a Laker fan for buzzer beaters. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Number one. Derek Fisher with 0.4 seconds against the Spurs. Number two, Kobe Bryant beating the buzzer against the Phoenix Suns and then biting his jersey. And the third one is Robert Ory hitting that three at the top of the key after Shaq and Kobe both had a chance to make the layup and missed, and um, the ball got tipped out at the top of the key, and Robert Ory steps up and drills that three. Those are my three top Laker buzzer I just want to touch back on those uh, three-day-old hot dogs that we used to eat at. Where were you working at, Jason? You would have these cheapy-deepy hot dogs for a dollar or 50 cents? So I I worked at the uh, Rancho Cucamonga Quakes Baseball Stadium for about seven years. I did a lot of different things there, but one of the things that I did – was uh, I ran one of the concession stands. So um, we used to have something uh, called Family Feast Nights on Fridays where we would do dollar hot dogs, dollar sodas, and dollar ice cream sandwiches. And as an employee, it was the absolute worst night of the entire season was when everybody would come in and they'd order 25 $1 hot dogs, 25 sodas, and 25 ice cream sandwiches (laughs) for the price that you could normally get only like one, one of each. Um, and we just had these warmers just stuffed from top to bottom with these dollar hot dogs. And I could never bring myself to eat one of those working there. And still to this day, the, the smell of a hot dog makes me, (laughs) takes me back to those days, but seeing the smile on all those kids faces as they take that, as you said, low quality baseball game food back to their seat and watching that game, they didn't care. They didn't care. They really enjoyed it. Um, they just wanted to be at that baseball stadium, hearing the crack of the bat on a warm Dude, summer. The only night. things I think about and, when I'm walking up uh, to a baseball to game is the nachos and the beer. Like that's the only thing on my mind, unless it's like a playoff game or something. That's the only thing I'm thinking about is when am I going to get nachos? When am I going to get beer? That's it. Well, for baseball during the regular season, I mean, for me, I love going to the game, but it's pretty much a social event. I go there to hang out with my friends. I go there to get some food, some drinks, a beer, some nachos, like you said. And it's a social time. It's it's time to hang out. It's a three-and-a-half-hour game. Uh, you pay attention for about 10 minutes out of the three-and-a-half hours. The other three hours, 20 minutes, you're talking. You're chatting it, chatting it up. You're waiting in the beer line to get your beer. Um, but Nothing better than hanging out with your boys, your ladies, your, I agree. your family, yeah, your cousins. You know, it's a place that you get to meet people that you haven't seen in a long time. You don't have to go to the most expensive baseball game to have the best experience. You could go to the cheapest 4 or $5 ticket. You can go to the $30 all-you-can-eat stand in Dodger Stadium and have the best time ever. I mean, I ate so many peanuts that time, and I think, I think my mouth 
and my lips were just just raw and dry after so many salty peanuts. But I think we're going to rotate out over to our final segment. I mean, that was enjoyable, great, uh, awesome rituals. Let's go to our final awesome segment. This is going to be a, a, a habitual uh, thing that we do here at Backcourt BS. It's you hate to see it. And number one to go is going to be Mr. Drew Jenkins himself. Go ahead, Drew. All right. So you really hate to see gorillas testing positive for COVID at the San Diego Zoo. You hate to see that. I think this is a sign that we need to just release all of these caged animals into the wild where there's not COVID being spread in the Amazon and in the rainforest and all that jazz. Man, come on. Like, I think it's time to realize that we don't need to keep all these guys and these guys. I mean, yeah, they're like humans, these monkeys <laughs> in cages where they're contracting a virus. There's no viruses in, in the natural world. So you hate to see that. I mean, poor animal doesn't have a choice who's he exposed to. He doesn't never have a choice a to put he a mask a on. He never, he doesn't got a mask. And now, and now he's infecting all of his little monkey brothers and sisters and he might kill his monkey grandmother. You don't know. You don't know these lives that these guys are living. You don't, we don't know the pre-existing conditions of his monkey mom or monkey dad. I, it just makes me sick. All right. Well, Drew, I mean, uh, sorry, George took my original hate to see it with the uh, Nickelodeon most valuable player, Mr. Bisky, with a 13 QBR. So I had to come up with another one on the fly. But you know what? I show up. They keep working with me. Let's get it done. Uh, so for me, worst of the week was definitely James Harden basically forcing a trade out of Houston. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Lakers Houston doubleheader that they had um, where they played back-to-back games. But I have never seen a superstar player literally give less effort than James Harden did in those two games and then completely go to the media and say that it's all the owner's fault and all of the roster around him's fault. So uh, for me, you hate to see when a superstar player takes zero accountability for his own actions and basically – Tanks oh, you hate to, to get himself traded right, right, to the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, that's I love to see it, man, me. because it, James Harden's such a baby, and for him to just get dragged through the mud during all this makes me happy. I mean, he might deserve it. I mean, obviously, come on, dude. You, you yeah, just, I do. You I want do some want accountability, accountability for, your for LeBron. Stars. You're paying the guy forty million dollars a year. Yeah, it's terrible. You, can't, you hate to see it. I'm gonna finish it off. Effort. I'm gonna I mean, finish it off with the Steelers turnover wolves i mean they were just awful first the fumble scoop and score first play of the game then four interceptions by big ben uh you gotta retire big ben i'm sorry sir you're a legend you're gonna be a hall of famer you got super bowl rings you own a motorcycle you're kind of crazy just retire already please come on let the steelers figure out or you know what Play the next year and have somebody ready to replace you by the end of next season. Your decision, sir, but sorry, Steelers. You just hate to see the turnovers. <laughs> I agree. No, Nobody has ever won a big playoff game being minus four or five or whatever they were in turnovers. You're just never going to win a game like that. And um, – <laughs> You know how I really feel bad for is anyone who bet on the Steelers. I don't care about the Steelers. Uh, but anyone who bet on the Steelers, I feel bad for you because of hate the effort they it. gave you hate uh, during that it. game against the Browns. Hate to see it. All right, guys. So uh, awesome job. Um, really appreciate 
hanging out with you guys for the last hour, talking sports, talking beer, uh, backcourt BS podcast, first ever edition, second try at it, which we, I think we can all laugh about now. It was a blast. Uh, Can't wait to do it again. Had a great. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of the Backcourt Bruising Sports Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Backcourt BS Podcast for all the latest BS and to see pictures from our trip to Ritual Brewing. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you find your podcasts so you never miss an episode. New episodes will be available every Friday. Thanks for BSing with us.